Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Still Potable. I'm Jay King from The Athletic here with Brian B. Rob from MassLive.com. This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book and the exclusive wagering partner of CLNS Media. Today is the free show presented by CLNS. If you don't listen to us regularly, we are still potable. The best Celtics podcast there is Monday through Friday episodes. To join us, go go to patreon.com slash still potable. Trade deadline coming up soon, B-Rob. It's so soon, actually. It's I didn't sneaking realize up on how us. soon it was. It's this week. <laughs> T minus seventy-two hours right now, Jay. It's uh, it's there, and um, we're gonna see. I think there hasn't been obviously a lot of action yet, but I think we're starting to hear more and more bubble rumors bubbling up here in the next weeks. And my my guess is, in the next day or two, is when some stuff really starts to start happening. Teams start set up their moves for their next moves here, and um. And our buddy Mike Mike Scotto here had some had some juice on the Celtics uh, in his latest column today. He sure did. Said they're looking at Kelly Olynyk, which we've kind of talked about this one before. It seems really far fetched, just because of how much money he's making, and and no, nothing more than that. If if Kelly Olynyk had a salary that was less money, it'd be a good fit. It'd be give them another type of big, a playmaking big, somebody they could go to beyond Porzingis and Al Horford and feel comfortable with. But getting to that level of salary is just going to be really tough for them. And that that's why I think they'll probably be confined to players making less money than Kelly Olenek's, what is it, 12 million? So he's he's making 12. So the Celtics would have to send out 11 to make this deal work. So what, what that means from the, obviously the movable pieces on the Celtics roster is that 
Pritchard probably has to definitely go in the deal to get there. And then on top of that, you're you're sending out probably three guys, Jay, to get to that threshold, maybe even four, um, depending on which guys you're willing to move. And part of me, like, I'm, I'm a few like you said, we've talked about this before. Um, I think it was came up. I think Stein brought it up back in December that Celtics were monitoring Olenek. And it is. It's like you're you're pretty much blowing up the end of the bench there and maybe giving up a good piece you like in Pritchard. And I'm sure the Jazz want would want draft compensation too. The other side of this now, though, that we're still looking at is it like Olenek is technically like that's like the best case available big if you're the Celtics right now. If you really, really want to protect your front court for insurance purposes and say, you know what, we can clear out the end of the bench. We can find a different point guard to replace Pritchard off the bench. And we're worried more about like the health of our guys rather than the big wing that Brett Brassie was talking about. So like from that standpoint, I mean, how much hesitation do you have in terms of just blowing up the bench to that degree to, to, to take a, a bigger swing like this? So it's not that I would be hesitant to add really whatever bench pieces in, in a bigger deal um, or a deal to get someone with a little more salary. It's just that those deals are really tough and sometimes close to impossible because now it's you've got to send these players to other teams they have to either waive their own players waive the new players whatever it's it's just headaches and a lot of the time stuff like that is hard or impossible to figure out as far as like the and i also think that there's value in keeping pritchard and i agree it, like he's going to be on a very manageable contract. He just signed an extension that that'll pay him like between seven and $8 million per year for the next four years. He has become a valuable backup point guard who never turns the ball over, who has a great assist to turnover ratio. He who can shoot and score in bunches at times. So, and he's young. And, and to me, I'd rather have, him probably then a third big in most cases, even though Kelly Olenek is a good player, would be a good fit. It's just, where does Kelly Olenek play? If the Celtics are healthy in the playoffs, Kelly Olenek does not play because all those minutes are going to go to Chris Asporzingis. They're going to go to Al Horford. I just don't think there will be a third big in the equation there. And Whereas if the Celtics are healthy in a playoff series, Pritchard could play. And... And they'll have other ways to attack the rotation, maybe, especially deeper in the playoffs where maybe he'll get minimized or even cut out of the rotation entirely. But I just feel like you you have a bigger need for a backup ball handler than than a third big man just because Porzingis and Al Horford are going to soak up between them in the playoffs, what, 60 minutes? and And you're not more than 60 minutes is it 65 minutes 70 minutes between them and and you're just not gonna need a, a third big even even if it's a good one until someone sprains an ankle though and i guess that's like the but that, to your larger point though it is like losing pritchard is not some small thing for this team like if you to have to give him up give up more assets on top of that for a guy who won't play like you said if they're fully healthy or would, would play certainly spot minutes um in the playoffs and like maybe if Al's having a bad game you give Olenek a trance but beyond that I'm with you like you're not he's just an insurance policy and a very expensive one at that and one that's strictly a rental um since he's beyond an expiring contract like Pritchard is signed for four more years 
at a very manageable number when in your your long-term situation money-wise is a situation those guys are pretty damn important right now because you need you're not going to be able to add anything useful beyond minimums on the on the uh, open market for the foreseeable future analytics um, having a great year <laughs> but he's at the he's same time really he's good. phenomenal like he's what is he like 56 percent from the field the the Average a ton of assists per per thirty six minutes. Just just having a really really good year. Helps Could he be better than Al in some situations? Do you feel like like conceivably? For offensively, like offensively, sure. <laughs> Defensively, <laughs> not close. And uh, Kelly, like positional defense, we could recall Brad Stevens must have said that term about Kelly Olynyk a million times when he was a head coach of Olynyk. But Al is just a totally different level defender than than Olenek is. And in the playoffs, to me, you need that. Like, I'd rather have a big man who can guard and guard really well and guard no matter what type of opponent you're playing against, who can guard Joel Embiid, if Joel Embiid is healthy, who can guard Giannis, who you can stick on these matchups and feel comfortable with them in those matchups. That's a huge, huge trait. So... Maybe at this point, Olenek is like a more versatile offensive player, but but also he wouldn't be asked to do a lot of that stuff in Boston. It would be a totally different, totally different usage for him than he has in Utah. So I'm into Kelly Olenek as a player. I just don't see how a move happens. The other two names Scotto mentioned in his piece were Delon Wright and Andre Drummond. Wright would sort of fit what the Celtics are looking for. Uh, a big backup wing. He's sort of like a guard. Um, has good size. Knows how to play. Um, not Would not be too expensive. And Andre Drummond rebounds the heck out of the basketball. Doesn't really do a whole lot else other than that. Um, so to me, th- those names are like, like if they, if they get one, sure, fine. Then it, it'd be a different type of option in Drummond in the front court, somebody to just gobble up rebounds, especially on the offensive glass. Um, if you get right, fine. It's another guy you can feasibly plug into a, a playoff game, but like to me, those are like lower, t- those would be lower tier additions for the Celtics to go out and get one of those guys, somebody that I don't think would really make much of an impact. All right, let's get into those guys a little bit more here, but first let's get do a quick break from our sponsor at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets which players will score a touchdown how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. 
See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And we're back! The uh, the other part of DeLon Wright, which wouldn't be the, the biggest issue in the world, but he's making close to $8 million this season, so he would not fit into the $6.2 million trade exception that the Celtics have. It wouldn't preclude a trade necessarily, but it would just make things a little tougher for the Celtics to get there. Um, to me, like... $12 million is probably out of their price range. Maybe if they can cobble together and find a team that can wave a couple guys and and find a team that can also deal with the Peyton Pritchard poison pill, which isn't that bad because there's not a huge difference between his salary this year and his salary next year. But there it, it is a complicating factor. Um, you you maybe get to 12. <laughs> or probably eek, not. Eek up there. 10 ish 10 ish you could probably get there but it would have to be like all right let's we need this guy let's go get him eight eight is more manageable um so right would kind of fit into the i wouldn't say the sweet spot because under the trade exception would be the sweet spot but eight is easier to get to right eight you can get to without trading anyone you need to get you like off your bench right now that's in your rotation like you can get there Without moving Pritchard, without moving Hauser, you can cobble together three minimum guys together, and that's probably going to be enough to to for the matching purposes. But yeah, it's funny. It's just the layers of deals they can make here, Jay. It's like layer level one is the Grant Williams TPE up to six million. It's like that's easy. That's just trade draft picks, bring back a guy. You have an open roster spot. You really don't have to mess with anything else. Super non disruptive. Just adding more to the puzzle. Eight to ten million is like okay. You kind of got to shake things up a little bit. You're going to lose a few guys off the bench, but still don't have to do anything um, bad to your rotation in terms of messing things up there. And then it's the big swing of like okay, if you're going to go over ten million dollars, and then things it's like all right, you got to swallow hard and think like, do we really want to make this kind of a change? Because it's not just it's going to be disruptive for the long term, disruptive for the short term in terms of the salary cap picture, and also just like what the rotation looks like because. If you're moving a, a Pritchard or something like that, like even if it's for like maybe you get Olenek and you trade for right two, but even that you can't even kind of do, you can't even do two of those moves yet. Cause when you make one of those and you have nothing left over to trade to make like a, a secondary move, unless it's going to fall in that TPE. And that's part of what Brad Stevens tried to stress when he met with the media. What was that a few weeks ago? Yeah. He was basically just saying, yeah, we want, we would love to upgrade this team. <laughs> But we really don't have many options, just financially speaking. Like It has nothing to do with the desire to go get someone. It has nothing to do with will they pay up like salary purposes to get somebody. It's just literally unless they want to break up their top six, which they are not going to do. They're not trading one of their starters. I would be absolutely stunned if they move Al Horford. They are going to keep that group together and move forward. And if you're going to do that, then you're just extremely limited with what you can do, financially speaking, looking for trades. And and that's why the names you've heard have probably been mostly underwhelming. 
that's why even when like Danny Avdia comes up or or um Isaiah Stort now who signed an extension, those salaries are really guys. tough to get to. It's like 15 million. Sorry, guys, can't can't do it. It's really tough. Uh so I do think the the ship has probably sailed on those guys and and it's just going to be really tough for the Celtics to to get anyone who makes reasonable money and in in this case it's like above mid-level exception basically like sorry Celtics can't really chase after those guys it is I mean if there was one year to do that though with the way, I mean, we talked a little bit out in the show last night, Jay, with like the Embiid injury now and how the East and just how the Bucks look in general, like golden opportunity here for the Celtics. And so if you are going to take a swing for the right guy within, you know, and maybe have to stretch, maybe maybe even overpay a little bit for a guy, um, this is the year to do it with, still within those parameters, which is a very, like, the very, very tough needle to thread when it's like those guys the guy you want to, you know, maybe overpay for, he's just not available. His team doesn't want to move him. Um, but I'd say like right now with where this team is at from the the health team perspective, you want to protect this team against, a, you know, having losing an important guy for a series, whether it's Porzingis or Al in the playoffs or just a wing, like a big wing that perhaps teams has been talking about. Like this is probably the year where you can make the case being like, all right, even if it's guy is not going to play in the playoffs, like we'll trade for him anyway, because it's, we just for the two games or three games we might need them. That might be our season right there, and that's we want to make sure we protect ourselves against that scenario. But the names involved for those type of deals here are not going to be very sexy. To your point, and I don't even know like Drummond, right? Like, does even as Drum? I mean, I almost would be like just sign Nimi to a deal to the fifteen man roster over Drummond at this point in terms of like giving away assets. I know Drummond's obviously is a, a proven guy here, but I'm not from a I'm not sure how much more he gives Ruben you. Ruben goes both ways, though. He He's a proven in the sense that he's been around a while. He's also proven in the sense that, like, he's never really been huge on impacting winning throughout right. his career. So I've never been a real drumming guy. Same. I'm probably more of a drumming guy now than I was at one point, but still Drum, not drumming a guy, guy at the medium, at the minimum. <laughs> like, that, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and then it, it all comes down to also how much the Celtics trust the guys deeper on their bench. And O'Shea Brissett has pl- played pretty well lately. Delano Banton has kind of fallen out of favor. Um, Lamar Stevens had that one game against Orlando where he played center and everything went really well and then hasn't really been seen from since. So I don't know exactly where they feel about their bench. But it's it's safe to say that when Brad Stevens was talking to us a few weeks ago, they seemed to be hunting for a big wing, um, which didn't really express too much confidence in how they saw Brissett and Banton and Svee and and Stevens and all those guys. Um, maybe Brissett has played himself to a level above the the other guys he probably has lately, but but I, I still feel like they they want someone who can combine a little bit of defense and a little bit of shooting. And and that combination, I'm not sure they have on their bench behind Sam Hauser right now. Yeah. 
And in that discussion with Brad, like he talked about, oh, we, we, the answer might be in house here. He like he pretty much like wanted to give those guys the opportunity in these last few weeks here to say, hey, someone can go claim this, if you will. And not that they've had a lot of opportunities to, but no one within that group you just outlined has really stuck out. Like Brissett, like I said, he probably should feel safest about his role. Like that's he's someone, you know, from just from an offensive rebounding standpoint, from an energy standpoint, like he he has a role there and that'll help at least in the regular season. But the rest of those guys like just haven't obviously stuck out at all, even when they have had their chances um, earlier in the year. And so I think, you know, no one, if there are going to be moves in the next three days, I think those are the guys that are probably going to be the, the movable salary, if you will, the, the places you, you look for the upgrade just to, even if it's a marginal one, it's maybe you just feel better about it, but it's, um, you know, those those guys I think are well liked in the locker room. I think this team's had you know pretty good chemistry all year long, and you know that's not going to exactly drive what Brad Stevens and the front office are going to do the deadline. But you know you moving out three or four of those guys like just to add someone else like that's not something that will exactly be you know taken lightly either. I don't think. Remember when the trade deadline used to always be crazy? It used to be like, can they get Anthony Davis? Yeah, right. <laughs> Will they get Jimmy Butler or Paul George or Jimmy Butler and Paul George? <laughs> it's like every year seemed like the Celtics were always in on the biggest guy. But this year, their trade deadline basically came early. They went and got Drew Holiday before the season, and they used some of their trade chips. They used their flexibility, and they don't really have too much of that anymore. So. So we'll talk about the Jay Sean Tates of the world and the Kelly Olynyk's of the world and the Andre Drummonds and DeLon Wrights and all those guys. And the the reality is that it's going to be really tough for anyone to come in and crack the Celtics rotation. It's going to be tough for someone to come in and take away minutes from one of the top eight, top nine, if you include Luke Cornett. It's just going to be hard. The Celtics have played really well no matter who's been on the court this year. They've functioned at a high level which is really the point of the bench. I know people can say, you know, Pritchard doesn't average that many points. Hauser, he's not averaging 12 or 13 points. They they don't have Malcolm Brogdon anymore, who is the sixth man of the year. The point is they play well with those guys on the court. Those guys have complimented the best players. They've played their roles. They've they've been competitive defensively. They've they've done what they're supposed to do. And and I think that's part of why Brad doesn't really want to risk making a a big move or even if he could but but doesn't really want to he doesn't want to risk what they have right now which is everybody on the same page everybody driving the same boat it's just it's been a really good thing for the Celtics so far and I think that's top to bottom I I don't just put that on the starters I don't just put that on the top six it's everybody Hauser Pritchard Cornett Nimi is coming and giving a good minutes Brissett comes in and gives him energy it's it's a good locker room right now with everyone on the same page and and that's something worth trying to preserve especially when you're as good as they have been i think the key is like just getting another piece that you can feel comfortable playing in a playoff series that would be my goal going into the trade deadline try not to disrupt anything but just go get somebody that you'd feel okay with if you had to play them because i don't know jason tatum and jalen brown got in foul trouble and you just need somebody to go in and and guard, let's say, 
who's <laughs> who's on like and go guard uh Max Struess. You know, I don't know. There you like, go. Just just go guard Max Struess, make a jump shot or two, and that's it. That's it. All right, let's uh take a break here to hear from our sponsor factor and then we'll we i see a lot of questions in the chat here coming up here too jay so we could uh there entertain we go. some of the uh the listeners here and we're right. back with uh, uh we're gonna do a little little go into the comment section we've got some ideas from the listeners here the uh then we'll get to the Joel Embiid injury after that, how much it is shaking up the Eastern Conference. Julian asks a player that I want this, or says a player that I want the Celtics to trade for that is still somewhat realistic is Sadiq Bey. He's young and on a cheap contract. Great backup wing for the Jays. I, I, I'd, I'd be not against it. Um, he hasn't been great this year. Sadiq Bey hasn't really developed probably the way some people expected him to um i'm not sure whether the celtics would be into him but the hawks contract situation they could theoretically be looking to shed long-term money and and he's in the final year of his rookie contract so he's a guy that that could be on the move i wouldn't hate it it would be fine um b rob do you have intense thoughts on Sadiq Bay. <laughs> I feel like he always has good games at the garden. That's probably the main the main incentive here. Brad Stevens cares about uh his track record there. Who the started a career better in the garden? Sadiq Bay or Ayo Desunmo? Ooh. I mean Ayo like he was unbelievable that like was that two <laughs> years ago where they just the but neither did Sadiq for a while. Right. Those are the Everyone used to be mad at the Celtics for passing up on Sadiq Bay. <laughs> it feels People like he's were... been around for more than four years at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, well, he, he was around in college for a long time, too. That's so true. You've, you've known about Sadiq Bay for a long time. He's been part of your life for a long <laughs> time. And, and so that's probably why you feel like Sadiq Bay has been in the NBA forever. He is averaging 13 points per game this year. Um, but his three-point shooting is way down, about 30%. That could be uh, a factor of his looks. That could be whatever. But if Sadiq Bey is not hitting three-pointers, then uh, then it's 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 the wrong move. Um, I don't know if you'd feel more comfortable putting Sadiq Bey into a playoff series than one of the guys the Celtics have on the end of their bench, but... I don't know. Yeah, like is he gonna play over Hauser? Like maybe like he's not a super if he goes into a slump a slump, but no, I I no. <laughs> no I right, would like I would not... not play him over Hauser. Never. He shoots thirty five percent from three for his career, which is which is fine, but not great at all. He's never I guess last year he shot Small sample size, 40% in Atlanta, but for the longer season, 36.1%. He's fine. He's fine. I wouldn't be excited about him if if you get him and but then you gotta pay him too. Be, well, yeah, or, like I would just I'd be shocked if they pay him, just let him go. Yeah, that'd be like a rental situation, my guess is because I mean the, I guess the good news about Bay from 
a now standpoint is like he makes only 4.5 million so he can just fit into that grant tp so that's the the type of guy you're talking about jay like you can just you add him in there you give him some you know some second round picks maybe and you can get him for three months and unless you're moving up you're making some bigger changes on the team next year you're, you're probably just letting him go because you're not going to have enough money to throw at him and whatever you want to pay drew holiday on top of it um yeah that's just like a you know that'd be a depth signing uh if hauser goes into the tank in the playoffs after like a few games like maybe you run bay out there but yeah that's certainly just a an insurance policy if nothing else it seems like if they make yeah he'd be like, like a 10th guy and also the other piece to think about there he's a young guy trying to make his money how yep. thrilled would he be to come to boston and be stuck at the end of a bench probably not playing a lot and so these are all the things brad stevens has to keep in mind like that that could be a tough sell to sadiq bay and in a locker room that has everyone right now on the same page like i said you don't really want somebody coming in who would want more touches, more shots, more minutes than he's going to realistically get. So that could be a potential problem with Sadiq Bey. Let's get another comment up here. Gallinari. I would rather <laughs> wait and see if Detroit buys out Gallinari and re-sign him. Okay. Uh, was not prepared for the, the Gallinari request here. I don't know if, if you've seen him play this season. Probably not. He was slow to begin with, came back from injury, got a little older. He's not swift of foot these days. And he's not even the same player he was when the Celtics signed him at the beginning of last year. He's he's tall, he can shoot, he's had a great career, but I just don't know if Danilo Gallinari is the one to actually help the Celtics on the court. He seemed like a great teammate, seemed like a great guy, could probably help the locker room. If if that's what you want him for, totally fine. But if you expect Danilo Gallinari to go into a playoff series and and do anything more than stand there and space the court and then be a traffic cone at the other end, I I don't think you'd be too excited by by what happens. Yeah, I believe the Celtics picked the right time to cut bait. Um, just moving him before the season started and tough situation, but it is what it is. And, um, and he just would, wouldn't be playing for this team. And even as a extra depth piece, I'm not necessarily sure that's you're even going to be confident to throw him out in the playoffs or in any situation, even if injuries hit, but here's a more, other more interesting name coming up here from, um, from John thoughts on Nadia Marshall, some rumors linking him to the seas, realistic and affordable. Where are you on Marshall J? Najee. I'm I'm into it. I'm into it. I don't know if I don't know exactly how realistic it is. He's big, he's athletic. Defender. Yeah, I mean, you could do a lot worse than Najee Marshall if if he's available. He's cheap too. He only makes a couple million dollars. So you're gonna have to give up a lot for him because particularly because the Pelicans, they're they're a playoff team right now. They're trying to win. He's helping them when he had a pretty solid game in Boston last week. So that's a situation where you're probably going to have to give up something the Pelicans want, whether it's a, maybe a, like, I don't know, would you give up a first round pick for Marshall? Jay? Is that like too steep knowing that he's a rental or is that a situation where it's like, Oh, maybe the Pelicans are like, we know we're going to lose him. We don't want to pay him after this year. Cause we got to pay a bunch of other guys. So maybe we'll, we'll I, take would, a draft as a I wouldn't want to give up a first for him. 
um, just because, what, like, what does he do for this team? How much does he play for this team? If I'm giving up a first, I want someone who can come in and make an impact, who will come in and be a rotation guy every single night. And Najee, he's fine, but I don't know if he's coming in and playing 15 minutes a night on this Celtics team. I, I don't think he would. So so I'd be against that. And, and this speaks to the, the difficulties the front office is going to have adding a rotation piece. Because I'd be perfectly comfortable with Peyton Pritchard, with Sam Hauser, with Luke Cornett. I think those guys are all fine. Najee Marshall, he's fine too, but I don't think he's necessarily like a real cut above those guys. I, I don't think you you trade for him and and you're all fired up like we got a clear cut upgrade from from the guys we have on our bench. New Orleans is a, an interesting situation because they just have a ton of young rotation pieces <laughs> that they're going to have to figure out what to do with over time. Um I mean we can include Herb Jones. You you they've got Dyson Daniels, Najee, um They've got Trey Murphy, like just a ton of guys around their stars that are young and improving and kind of play a similar position. So they're going to have to figure out what they're doing with with those young guys and maybe clear space for some of those young guys over time. So that they're going to be an interesting team to just see how how things shake out over there. Maybe not this trade deadline, but over the next couple of years who who emerges that they hold on to who emerges that that goes somewhere else because i don't think all those guys can thrive in the same place and and they're all good they're all talented i agree like that's it's like maybe they're like the one or two teams in the league that like, they have too many wings like everyone's looking for wings the pelicans have a bunch of young ones but they're not going to be able to keep them all eventually and whether they try to settle on the guys I like here and get something for the guys that maybe out the door after the season. Now that'll be an interesting question, or they could just say, Hey, Jordan Hawkins. I didn't. Yeah. Jordan Hawkins. I know there's another one. That's just like five, six guys there. And that's not even including their stars. Like that's just the guys around their stars. Exactly. Like, Oh yeah. Ingram, McCollum, that Zion guy. It's like, there's just a lot of guys there. And so they're out of any team, they're a candidate for a consolidation trade. Um, But whether, they want to do that trade now or in the off season is the question like that's to be disruptive. And then, like you said, like if a guy like Marshall bring him in here, like the, the continuity factor the Celtics have of, with Hauser and Pritchard, it's like, it's going to be hard for any guy, even if they're borderline could, you know, compete for minutes with either of those guys, like to, to jump over either of them, given the, the experience they have in the system now of two or three plus years, like that's, that's going to be tough to do. And that certainly will going to, is going to inform or maybe, impact just how much the Celtics are willing to give up in the situation when you know that Tatum and Brown are going to be playing 80 minutes a game in the playoffs regardless. And if one of those guys gets hurt, it's like not like Marshall's going to be able to save you in those, in that disaster scenario. Yep. We've got a uh, lot of bones Highland talking here. Throw up, yeah, throw, what, up what do you... the, throw up one of the bones Highland comments for me. Let's I like Bones. He'll attack the defense. Might attack his teammates, too. <laughs> Bones for Pritchard and maybe a second-round pick is the move. Why? I, mean, I don't I don't agree with that. 
That, that seems like the, the pick's going in the wrong direction there. <laughs> so I, I just, yeah. Is Bowens better than Peyton Pritchard? No. I don't see much evidence to it. He's had some big games. He, When he's on, it can be fun. He's shooting less than 40%. He's the Denver traded him just because he was the only guy who wasn't on the same page as everybody else. And they just decided we got to get rid of this guy. We, we can't have his attitude in this locker room anymore. They went on to win a title. I just don't see it with bones Highland. Why, why bones Highland? That's probably he's the last a, guy you want to bring in here, Jay, right? Like from that standpoint an, of the attitude. He's an inefficient guy. He plays seven minutes fewer than Peyton Pritchard, turns the ball over twice as much. He doesn't shoot the ball as well as Peyton Pritchard. I, I don't know. I, I've never been a Bones Highland guy. To me, he's an empty calories guy who does some fun stuff, who has a lot of game, but doesn't necessarily know how to harness it. So, but I'm not a Bones guy. There are Bones is more talented than I'll give him credit for. He's, he's, He's better than I'll give him credit for, but that wouldn't be a target for me, especially considering what we've talked about, that there is good continuity on the bench. These guys know their roles. They know what they're supposed to do. They know how to help people around them flourish. And and to me, Bones Highland has never shown that he can be just a productive cog in the machine. Okay, this is I think this is exactly the last type of guy the Celtics should be going at like at this moment, because that's someone he wanted out of his a title team last year to play, and now he's going to come to a team where they literally just can say you're sitting on the bench unless two of our guards get hurt. Like that's that's not going to be a, a happy situation for him either, and he's he's not he's not better than Pritchard. I do want to bring up one guy though, one former Celtic Jay that is in the news this afternoon per. Mark Stein of Substack that the Mavs are considering trading Grant Williams just uh, what eight, nine months into his tenure in Dallas um, reportedly. I mean, we'll, who knows how serious these talks are, but they potentially have talked to the bucks about uh, Bobby Portis, um, which would add a pretty fun layer of spice. And I want to say the bucks have had their eye on Grant, maybe two or three trade deadlines ago. I feel like they, there was, there was Dante DiVincenzo kind of buzz. That's right. Wasn't there? DiVincenzo buzz for, for Grant. When he ended up getting traded to, was it the Kings? Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, there was some some Dante DiVincenzo buzz around Grant Williams back then. So seems like they've been hiring him for a while. I would love a Grant Williams versus Celtics playoff series because I think it would get – I think there would be – some serious not bad blood because those guys will always be friends but i think they would hate grant williams for those seven games or four games or five games or six games, however long the series went jason tatum jalen brown would hate him and they would go at him and it would be awesome it would be so much fun and he would never back down he'd go right back at him he'd be annoying them he'd be in their face he'd be doing a little extra like Grant Williams does, and I'd be all about it. I would love to see him go to Milwaukee. I would love to see that series. I think it'd be fun. I think even in the when they played Dallas recently, you could see a little glimpse of that. <laughs> like Jalen, Jalen got legitimately pissed at at Grant during that game. It, it, that was not like like phony 
that was not this is funny Jalen was legitimately pissed off at Grant Williams and uh I would love to see it over a playoff series that would be fun and the Tatum block too was glorious that Tatum um, block too I think that was in good fun that yeah, one that was, was in good fun but yeah. But yeah, you're right. You're, gonna, you're right. Jalen, like on that play, you could tell if it wasn't Grant, he was going to get in someone's face after that <laughs> sequence. And then it was like, oh, um, but yeah, it's I mean, it's the, the amount of storylines in that series, Jay, would be phenomenal from a from a coverage standpoint with whether it's the Drew Lillard aspect of it. Now, if, if the Bucks got Grant, that'd be a nice secondary subplot. Obviously, Doc Rivers taking over there now with his uh, sees ties like there, there'd just be a lot of meat on that bone from a reporter's perspective. So um, I don't feel like, yeah, bring, bring that trade on. That would be that even more spice to already very, very spicy potential playoff series. I'd be in, I need it. We got a couple other. Thank Grant to Milwaukee. But, but Do, it. Happen. Do it. Here's an interesting name. We haven't heard much of. Do you think this is from Mickey? Do you think Lonnie Walker would be a good target? Harry Giles also on that team could be a nice package. Giles, I, we know obviously as Tatum's buddy, I don't think he's part of the equation here, but Walker, I believe is just on a minimum deal here, Jay. Um, yeah. But is he a guy you think would be happy in a situation here? Or is he someone that again, he's probably he's looking for his next deal and is not going to be content playing the, he, in the he'd be an interesting role. one. Um, doesn't I don't actually feel a need. Doesn't really feel a need. He's more like just a score. And, and that's fine. To me, I wouldn't be after a score. And he's he's had a great shooting season. He's he's kind of revived a career that that looked like it it might be halting. He had a fantastic game against the Warriors to close them out during the playoffs last year. I don't know if you remember that. But now he's he's just been pretty solid in in Brooklyn this year, shooting the heck out of the ball. Um, he's athletic, he's solid size for a wing. It'd be a good to me, like that'd be it'd be a guy I'd, I'd want to have around longer term, but not necessarily somebody I'd be thrilled to put in a playoff series because he's not the best defender. He's not the best decision maker but he can go on streaks and score a ton of points um so i don't know i i it'd be fine like if they got him it'd be it'd be fine but but i don't know how how thrilled people should be even though his stats are pretty good this year and his shooting's been awesome yeah I'm a, i mean again it just you have bigger needs on the roster so be a nice insurance policy to have um, but I think you're better off spending your assets, um, your draft picks elsewhere to get, you know, the bigger wing that can maybe help you defensively more than a Sam Hauser could and it can shoot a little bit. Um, or just, uh, you know, another insurance big, someone you like maybe a little bit more than Luke Cornette, which uh, may or may not be out there, but um, I'm a few like that's it's a fun name to throw around, putting up good numbers for a, a bad Nets team, but um, not necessarily what, where you're gonna need from him on this team. Um RJ so, somebody we... brought up Caruso in the chat. Yeah. Let's go uh, that over. I don't think that's realistic. I think the Bulls are actually gonna keep Caruso. Uh <laughs> I don't know if they should, but but it sounds like they probably will. So 
but he'd be one of those guys. His contract, I forget exactly what it is, but it's in the 10 million ish range. He'd be one of those guys that they could get to that level for Alex Caruso because he's yeah. Alex Caruso, because he would give them a third, like all defense level guard. That'd be insane if, if they somehow got Alex Caruso to put next to Drew Holiday and Derek White. They'd have maybe the three best guard defenders in the entire league. Sorry, Marcus Smart. Um, <laughs> and that's three one best where you healthy can... guard defenders, at least. And you could trade Pritchard for him, like as part of that deal, if he were if we're available, and like that'd be an, obviously a clear replacement yeah, slash that, trade. Where that'd you wouldn't be worry about that. Transition. Go for it. You wouldn't worry about it. It's to get somebody who's going to be playing a bunch of minutes for you, who's going to be making a difference, who can absolutely impact the game, who you know can play it in at a high level in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's a realistic target for the Celtics. It just truly doesn't doesn't seem like that's that's a real possibility you'd have to pull the bulls over i assume with multiple first round picks and on top of pritchard and even that i mean who knows what if if they're really holding tight to him like that's a that might be just too much in itself um one one name that i've kind of bet around that would be in my head that would be sort of caruso very light (laughs) um chris dunn Chris Dunn, and I don't know what what the Jazz would feel about moving him, but he's he's another guy who he's really revived his career. He's become just an awesome, awesome perimeter defender, and can really make guys' lives hell. So again, I don't know what the Jazz mindset will be there. They they do have a number of guards. They have a team that's good but not great. It's hard to tell exactly what Danny Ainge will do over there. But but Chris Dunn, I just I just like how he competes. I think he's pretty good. And I think um as June forty one percent from three this year, Jay, too, on top of it. He's gotten good. He's gotten good. He he really it's a pretty cool story. Um obviously he was in Jalen Brown's draft class. Kind of he was out of the league last year playing in the G League. And and just kind of kept playing and worked his way back in. Had some injury issues earlier in his career, on top of just a slow start to his career. And now he's back, and I think he's actually pretty good. His defense is so fun to watch. Like that dude just absolutely guards. And I think it's not really a Celtics need, like another guard defender. But I think he's he's also a cheap guy that would fit into the trade exception. So that would be. Just a name that, as I look at the possible options under six point two million dollars, his his name sticks out as somebody who might be gettable and and not super expensive. I agree. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this Jazz roster that make that you know smallish money um, that the Celtics could take a look at. And like I said, Dunn, he can he's only six foot three, but he can obviously guard up a little bit if you need him to. And yeah, if you're just looking to just the four to five, you want to upgrade the, the slots 11 through 15 with just some more proven guys. Like he certainly fits the bill in that front. And maybe you, you work out something bigger with the jazz and get a couple of those guys um, and, and slot him in since he's only, I think he would even fit into the, I think he's just making the minimum. So you can just, you don't even need to use the grant TP for that. He could just go into the minimum, minimum uh, exception via trade there. So um, 
One to watch. Another one. I haven't heard that one in a while. It's a good one, Jay. Where who knows? Who knows? Who knows here? I think <laughs> should we so Jay, we have we'll probably put a bow on this pretty close here. But if people wanna we're gonna be all over the trade deadline all week here at Stone yeah. Bubble. So where can the people get it here if they want daily analysis and updates to, uh, all we come long. to patreon.com slash still potable we have an exclusive group chat for members of our podcast you'll be able to ask us questions in there we should do a mailbox mailbag pod with with everybody's ideas let's do that but you have to sign up for it go to patreon.com slash still potable you'll be able to see where the where to send in your mailbag questions and you we'll can be sign up for seven days all week Seven days free trial. You can just give it a try this week. Yeah. Um, if you like it, stick around. Like said, Jay said, we we have an exclusive chat in there. We have daily episodes of game analysis, lots of guests. And this is a situation where this week we're going to be all over all week long giving you the best Celtics analysis anywhere. And so we really loved you guys to to come check it out with us um, and get daily ad no ad shows um, straight to your listening app of choice. Yes, sir. Before we go, we did talk about the Joel Embiid injury stuff on our last podcast, but for some reason, <laughs> three minutes of our audio went haywire, and that was the three minutes. So let's discuss the Joel Embiid injury fallout. And obviously, we don't know yet whether he'll miss the rest of the season. We don't know whether there's a chance he's going to come back. I guess we do know that there's a chance, but right now has been ruled out. Right now, hasn't been decided one way or another exactly what path he's going to go on for this surgery. It's a huge injury. Um, feel bad for him. He's dealt with injuries throughout his entire career. They've set him back for a long time. He's worked through a lot of stuff, clearly put in a lot of work on his body to deal with all that, to come back from that, to become the league MVP. Now his team really good again, and I think they would have possibly been a buyer at the trade deadline i don't know how this impacts that but to me they're a little fortunate that it happened before the deadline and now they can kind of analyze whether they want to take a step back at the deadline, or not take a step back team-wide but just take a step back from what they were going to do before and and just kind of reassess things maybe keep their cap space heading into the the summer they, they have a chance to have bundles of cap space like just basically a clean cap to to add around Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. So they're in an, inter an interesting spot right now. And uh, they might plummet down the standings if Embiid misses a lot of time. They've looked pretty bad over the last five games, mostly without him. He played half of a game against the Warriors in there in the game that he got hurt again. But it's it's a huge wrench in the Eastern Conference. It really is. And the subplot here of what they're going to do is going to be fascinating. Um, but I, I don't know, Jay, I think this is going to be um, good news in terms of like, that's like you said, that's a swing, a team that could take in a big swing in the next week right now. But I think it's pretty safe to say they have no real incentive to do that now. So with a lot of things seemingly lining up for the Celtics well to make a real serious run in the East this year, this is, yeah, to the list. And even if he does come back, it's just hard to envision him even in April coming back from a, a surgery like this being anywhere close to a hundred percent getting back his conditioning, like during the, the playoffs itself. Yeah. And 
And with those things, especially for a guy that size, like we've seen people, we've seen Russell Westbrook come back from a meniscus, I think, in something like 11 days. And and he came back and he was just his bouncy, usual athletic self. But for a big guy, especially, especially with a big guy with, with Joel Embiid's injury history, you wonder if he'll be able to come back quickly, if he'll be able to come back right and if he's not right to me if i'm that organization i would much rather be safe with him let him rehab give him time to to just clear his body up get some rest and not really test it so just sucks just really really sucks he was having another mvp type season he was having like Just an outrageous season. For him to become the shooter, he's become in the mid-range and just the face-up, like, over the shoot over the top of guys like he's Kobe Bryant, like he's Kevin Durant. It's insane the efficiency he has from the mid-range. And, I mean, he's just just put together an outrageous, outrageous season. It's too bad that that he had to deal with such bad injury luck. Again, um... But yeah, the 76ers, they're in bad shape right now. The Bucks trying to write Not themselves great. after Doc Rivers, but one and three under him so far. The Cavs are surging, the Knicks are surging. So it might not be the the cream of the crop people expected at the top of the Eastern Conference, other than the Boston Celtics. Um the Cavs have been great. The Knicks have been great. I think those two teams could be as dangerous as any by the time the playoffs come. So maybe maybe Milwaukee will get it together, start to defend at least a little bit. Um, but I don't know. It's uh, it's too bad that the Sixers won't be able to give it another run th- this year. Or maybe they will. Maybe Joel will come back and he'll be fine and everything will be all right. Uh, thank you guys again. Everybody listening to this show on CLNS, come join us. Patreon.com slash stillpotable. We got podcasts Monday through Friday, sometimes bonus episodes on the weekend. And we're building a cool community with a group chat with only subscribers. It's like Twitter before Twitter got ugly. <laughs> it's it's a pretty awesome place to to hang out with other people during the game. We chime in a little bit. The, the listeners chime in a lot. And it, it really is becoming a fun community um, with people that, I recognize, even though I I don't know their faces, I don't don't know who they are, but I see their names and I appreciate them. So come sign up at patreon.com slash still potable. We appreciate you all.